So listen, uh, today for part two, I want you to go ahead, if you will, and turn to 1 Corinthians. What book did I say? We're going to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we want to read verses 1 through 8. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to read verse 1 through 8. Um, Babe? Sure, I'll read it. Go ahead. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if if sorry, and if I have all faith, so as so to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I get, deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, again nothing i gain nothing verse four love is patient and kind love does not envy or boast it is not arrogant or rude it does not insist on its own way it is not irritable or resentful it does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth verse seven love bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things and lastly eight love never ends wow that's loaded yes let's pray god bless you we'll see you next week. <laughs> yes let's pray god i thank you for this moment god i thank you for what you're doing god i pray that our hearts will be open to receive what you have for us god i pray that there'll be even one line that will impact someone yes, that will change god. their lives and change the destiny of their family's life lord and so god we pray for all the churches in our city lord yes, that god. are declaring the good news the gospel god i pray you be with their conjugation as well and god i pray that you'll do something special in the um in our nation of canada as yes, we are god. trying to bring the gospel to the world so we love you god we thank you in the name of jesus i pray amen 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 praise god let us lean in. I encourage you to hang out uh, with us for this next few moments. Listen, how many of you guys, you know, uh, how many of you have ever watched, maybe you have, uh, maybe you're old enough to, or maybe your parents played it in the house, guess who's coming to dinner? You know, let me see. If you, the, the, and I'm not talking, you know, because there are two of them, you know, there are two of them. Uh, I'm talking, if you will, about, uh, you know, the one from 1967. Uh, the one with Sidney Poitier. Yeah. You know, how many of you remember that? And that movie uh, was a dope movie. My mom, if she's watching, mom, if you're watching right now, uh, my mom loved that movie so much. She played it when uh, we were kids. But guess who's coming to dinner? And then, of course, in 2005, um, they, they came out with a remake of that movie with Aston Kutcher and um, Bernie Mac and also um, Zoe Zaldana. And so that was a... That was also more of a loose sort of a version. They're very also uh, comical. They're both comical in nature, but definitely dealing with some heavy topics. And we thought that, you know, in dealing with In Living Color, which is really around race and relationships, we thought that it would be imperative for us to dive in and to talk about these things. Now, the thing about this film, you know, although it was comedic, it was really groundbreaking in that time, uh, it was the it was one of the few films of that time in 1967 uh, to depict an interracial marriage in a positive light. You know, as interracial marriage historically had been illegal in most states in the United States. Mm. And not only that, like while the movie was being done and being shot, um, interracial marriage was still illegal in 17 states. Mm. 
So just, just for perspective's sake, you know, we watch things and we look at them kind of in retrospect and don't even realize like the level, um, you know, the, the magnitude that these things are having. Um, and, and the thing is, uh, it was, it was, so two weeks after Tracy, because those who, um, it was Spencer Tracy, Sidney Poitier and Catherine Hepburn. And two weeks after uh, Tracy filmed his final scene and two days after his death, two days after his death, anti um all of these laws that were against it were struck down in the supreme court and so it's just insane to think like you know this was not that long ago yes and so if you don't get it we're going to be talking about interracial relationships today and we'll talk about god-centered relationships didn't 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 something happen significantly in history like right after that wasn't it um I think it was like MLK. Oh, well, uh, like, a year later, he passed away. So a year later, MLK passed away, like it was assassinated after. The, I mean, it's just insane around this. And, and so the idea today, like in with that, we're talking around the idea of, you know, the relationships that we have in our lives. And as we're talking about race and relationships, you know, just kind of investigating and looking at our perspective, kind of really having this talk around how, um, we view not just, um, you know, marital or romantic relationships uh, when it comes to interracial um, marriage or romantic relationships, but also interracial friendships, you know, so on a platonic level and then even on a familial level, because there's some of you that you got uncles and aunties and people in this nature of this nature in your family. Mm -hmm. And many times generationally, it's a massive thing. Um, that there is that there there are many taboos and not only taboos but also just patterns that need to be destroyed and so we really want to establish and kind of look at this first question we would ask you guys is how do you so let's start with you how do you or people in your life respond to the relationships and friendships that you have you know like how do you or how, how do you or the people in your life respond to the relationships that you have especially if they are interracial you know this is most definitely something uh for us to to talk into i think that um, a lot of times people um they have their own perspective when they're in relationships yeah but their friends might have a different perspective and how do you know many of us feel like we know that we're right that we know that we know everything. And so I think it's very important to evaluate, um, even though you might not be in agreement of people in your life that how they view relationship, it's always good to have an ear what people think, what's going on, the tone of the relationship. Yeah, so when we're talking about this, it's important because, you know, there are, I know that, you know, um, as, we're, as we're, we're looking at these relationships and as we're thinking about how we view them, we really need to come around having a godly perspective. You know, just the relationships in general in our lives. And so although, you know, we opened up with this guess who's coming to dinner movie and this idea, um, you know, we really need to start because at the substratum of all of our relationships, we need to uh, look at them through a godly perspective. And so, uh, you know, I I'll start with this thought and we'll start uh, with number one, uh, our familial, our platonic and our romantic love uh, need to be based biblical rather and crystal centric so our familial our platonic and our romantic love needs to be biblical and crystal centric what do we mean by crystal centric means that it's christ 
centered and it needs to be biblical so you know a lot of people and this is where why i was asking the question around like how do people respond to your relationships because a lot of us you know we're like i'm not being friends with that person because of xyz mm -hmm. or i'm not being friends or in relationship with this person because of what my family thinks or the perspective that is there around um, my familial perspective and so the thing is those should not be the things that dictate or govern especially for those of us who are christians right? Shouldn't be that which dictates or governs the relationships, the friendships that we are in. Instead, they ought to be shaped by the Bible. They need to be shaped by what the Bible says about relationships. What should relationships look like as scripture says? And also centered around Christ. This is why we decided to share this text today and this passage, because ultimately it ought to be Christ-centered love. You know how many people run around talking about they love each other? Mm-hmm. And they, we just use that word and we just throw it out there. And you know what I mean? They just gone with the wind. As soon as, since we're talking about old movies, uh, you got that one there. Uh, but, you know, they, as soon as challenges and things uh, come up. But we ought to be biblical and we ought to be Christocentric or it ought to be centered around Christ. I think, and go ahead. And well, I think what we're not saying, though, that you only have to, we, you only have to be with people or have friends that are only believe in God. Oh, yeah. Because I think sometimes we focus, some people are like, oh, you're, that person doesn't have a relationship with Christ, I can't be friends. No, I think what we, we want to say is you need to be displaying Christ's love no matter who you are in relationship with versus they only be in relationship with people. Because if we don't go across barriers, how are the people going to meet Christ? Yeah. I would also say even with that, though, and this is kind of what the, the, the idea is, too. Like, there are a lot of relationships that you're in that you shouldn't be in. Well... Right? So, like, I think when it comes to this type of stuff, we're not just talking about, because, you know, Pastor Chantel is right. We're definitely not saying don't be friends with people who are ungodly. But even in those relationships, you need to have godly standards. So, like, the friendships that you're in with people who are not godly or who are not, you love them and all of that, but there's some stuff I'm not going to do with you. Come on. You see what I'm saying? And there's some of you in the name of missionary friendship, right? <laughs> you end up going down the wrong path. You end up doing things that are ungodly. You end up putting yourself in compromising positions. You know, nah, we're not finna go to the strip club. You see what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna, if, if, that's not a good idea. I don't think you should do it. Uh, but if you wanna do that, you can do that. But I'm not going with you. Oh, it's because I wanna go and I'm just gonna minister to, uh, to, to, to pom pom and to, uh, to sugar and to. <laughs> Our kids are watching. Oh, no, I forgot. <laughs> they don't know. So, we're talking about food. Amen? Amen? Okay, food. But, but the idea is you have to have godly guidelines. You need to have godly guidelines. And there are many of you, you're like, you're in relationships right now and you're like hostage in relationships because, mm. you know, you're like, oh, I gotta, you know, I love the person. You can love someone and not have to marry them. Listen, this is my statement. Well. And I took it from Hughes Levin. You can love people from a distance. Just like they welcome the promise from a distance. <laughs> I will love you from a distance. Listen, fam. And that's the thing. Like, even when, and this is the thing, there are people that do you wrong and you're still, they, they've been abusing you and I don't make light of this in any way. You know that we're big advocates for, um, for, for making sure that people are doing what they need to do. But if you're in an abusive relationship and you run away talking about, I love them. No, fam. Or they love me. Their actions are showing that they don't. Mm -hmm. You know? And in many cases, we stay in these scenarios that are ungodly and there's, there are, there are, there are things that the Bible tells us around how people should treat you. 
Go ahead. And I think too, like even if someone is a Christian and they say they love you and they're not showing it, a lot of times it shows the immaturity level of their knowledge or their um, experience with even Christ. And so even though you're a Christian, there's like, oh, they believe in God doesn't mean how deeply rooted they are or how strong their relationship with Christ is. And so don't get twisted again. Oh, they're a Christian. I'm saved and leave it there. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's 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 so it's so good. Like I, you know, there's there's really no room for pride, you know, and mm. for arrogance as this goes on. And this is why actually we're we're starting. I think at the substratum of it all should be this uh, passage that we talked about because it mm -hmm. deals with different aspects of love. And not only does it deal with different aspects of love, but it also tells us first of all, you even just need to uh, examine whether or not you actually have love, right? Mm. And godly love for someone. You know, and so here in the passage, the Apostle Paul, he says, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Mm -hmm. The first thing that he notes here is this has to do with our communication, mm -hmm. right? So tongues, he's talking about tongues. Obviously, uh, we know there's a deeper understanding, but he's especially talking about communication. And he's saying, if I, if I speak, no matter how, what type of languages you can speak, if it's not motivated by love, it's a waste of, a waste of time. Mm -hmm. I was about to say, you're a waste you, right? <laughs> Um, and, and, and that's it. And then he goes on, he says, and if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith. The deep folks. The deep, deep folks. Yeah, the deep ones. <laughs> so this is spirituality. This is depth. You know, there's all sorts of people that have all this head knowledge and they're so deep, so deep that they drown in fam. Wow. You know, and especially a ministry, all these folk running around, you know, talking about their titles and all this stuff. And we making up new titles on this stuff. You know, you don't, you can't even stay afloat. Wow. You know, because you're so, so much in the deep end, can't point nobody nowhere. And I'm saying even for us, it's like the goal should not be to be deep, right? You need to make sure that you're operating in love, deep, but hateful, mm. deep, but mean, mm. you know, and, and, and it's imperative to make sure even in the household, like you can be spiritual. And this is the thing. Some of the most spiritual households are the most abusive households. Because they are... Am I allowed to say... I could, yes. It's the truth. They're abusing authority. That's why they're doing it. That's so you think it. that because you know the Bible... And it's true. It's like in, in Christian homes, man, it's imperative for us to, to touch on that. Because a lot of people hide behind that banner of, you know, I'm a Christian and I'm a this and being in chauvinistic and, and all this stuff. And it goes both ways. And it's like you use scriptures, weaponized scriptures. Come on. To cause damage in the home, taking them out of context. You know what I mean? Talking about wives, submit to your husbands. I come against that spirit of chauvinism right now. Right? Because that same passage in Ephesians 5 says, husband, love your wife. And I know I said this last week, as Christ loves the church. And you're supposed to sacrifice yourself. It's sacrificial love. And say right? that scripture about prayer. Which one? Sorry. Oh, we were talking about, I believe it's in Peter. He says that yes. when you dishonor your spouse, that your prayers will be hindered. I actually talked about this. In, um, in, in, and some of y'all, some people in relationships, they're wondering why their prayers are not going through. It's like, I've been praying. And you can pray. You can be as eloquent. You can be soliloquitious. You can go off. You can do whatever it is you want to do. You can be as verbose and superfluous in your communication Come as on. you wish. But if you are, are mean-spirited to your spouse, your prayers will be hindered. You know? mm. So it's imperative. So no, he says, not only deep folk. <laughs> And he says, you can have faith to remove mountains, but if you have not love, you have nothing. Wow. Don't care what your title is. Don't care what, uh, how much of the Bible you know. It says, if you give all you have and I deliver up my body to be burned, 
but have not love, I gain nothing. Mm-hmm. So, this, so he talks about communication. Mm-hmm. He talks about uh, spirituality and faith. And he talks about, he even talks about sacrificial love. So you can sacrifice, 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 but if it's for your glory, but it's not for that of God, mm-hmm. then ultimately it's a waste of time. It's for not. And so, babe, why don't we go ahead and just unpack those? Like, um, you know, so, so what is love then? So this is the thing. This should be the goal for our love. That's why we're saying that our familial, platonic, and romantic love needs to be biblical and Christocentric. These are the things that your love ought to be. Yeah, so in First Corinthians verses 4, when we will go on, where the word love is, put your name there. Oh, this is good. Put your name and see if you are displaying this or the vice versa. If you're in a relationship with someone, are they displaying that? And this is not just romantic. This is a friendship. Mm-hmm. These are God. This is godly love. Love is patient. Are you patient mm. and kind? Love, blank, does not envy or boast. Wow. If um, it is not arrogant or rude. So are you good. Are you rude and arrogant? It does not insist on its own way. Are you selfish? Always want your way to be happen or the other vice versa? Are you in a a narcissistic relationship or are you a narcissistic? Wow. Wow. Is it not irritable or resentful? It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. Listen, the scoreboard in the relationship. Are you always going back when you're arguing with someone? Do you remember when we were 14? Do you remember in the first years of a marriage? Do you remember? You better. Listen. And you know, I, I'm a little lawyer. I bring exhibit A, B, C, D, E sometimes. <laughs> Keep <laughs> but, it real. Keep it real. No, I remember those days I used to bring back all the exhibits. Like, do you remember when you told me this? And I have a really good memory, so you cannot get away from some th- situations <laughs> for me. And I would bring them exhibits to them. And so, but this is not godly. It's saying it um, does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Yeah. Love bears all things. Listen. Are you bearing one another's burdens wow. when you're in a relationship, friendship, your children, your spouse believes in all things? Do you believe in the people in your life or you think negatively about them? Hope things. Are you always negative Nancy in the relationship? Having hope, believing, endures all things. And this is, I really believe we need to have more grace in relationships. I think we're oh, so, so easy to throw away people. We're so easy to look at the negative or the bad things, but we're not willing to give the grace. And if we really want to show embody who God really is, there is something about grace, enduring some things to a certain point with boundaries, so but good. we need to endure some point. And the last part, love never ends. Wow. I love what you just said, though. You were saying that, um, this idea of love bears all things, believes all things, hopes, endures all things. I think that's powerful because what happens is when you're talking about checking relationships and all this stuff that are issues, right? Uh, and I'm saying, you know, you got to check these relationships and sometimes you got to, you know, make some decisions that some of these relationships are not for you. Some people, everybody run to divorce, everybody run to quitting, everybody run to saying, oh, it's over and whatever the case is. When in actuality, like you just said, you know, yes, you have to have boundaries, but you still need the, we need we need to have some more resilient marriages, man. Like if we quit, yes, I don't. We did not make it to, to fourteen going on fifteen years without without dealing with some shpoo. Come on, listen, right, right. I want to say too, like there's this thing about ghosting too. Okay, what's there's ghosting? too many people that are just 
getting up and leaving relationship, not just marriages, but in friendships and not giving people the reason why they're, cause they're kind of coward. They don't want to deal with the hard situations wow. and letting them know, you know what? I have an issue or I'm, you know, you've done me wrong or I have an issue that I want to work out. They're easily just ghost you. They don't call you. They don't text you. You have no idea what's going on. Wow. That's good. Because they're not willing to endure to have the hard conversation. Relationships, you have to have hard conversations. I don't care if it's children. I don't care if it's friendship. I don't care if it's spouse. I don't care if it's a coworker. You have to have the hard conversation in order That's to good. grow. Marriages and relationships is all about growth. And God is willing. Come on, we have a God that loves us so much that he will rebuke us. He will chastise. Not chastise. But he will rebuke oh, he us. Will. He will chastise us sometimes. But he will tell us when we are wrong. And so how many? why do we think that we won't do that in our own relationships? If you want to grow, you have to prune sometimes so things can grow yeah and we're not willing sometimes to endure wow i'm about you're about to have me speak in a valentine's tongue i feel <laughs> i just feel power all up here cubit adosha <laughs> listen it's so true it's imperative for us to understand this man and so you know when we're talking about this this is why we're reading and we're talking about the godly relationships and making sure that it lines up with uh, God and his word because there's a lot of people like oh I love people but are you love do you love people or is this love a sign even in terms of relational and um, the type of marital things is your the marriage you're pursuing what the Bible says marriage should look like mm -hmm. right all of those things are important things you know for us to, to to think and so with that in mind we just want to challenge you again familial platonic and romantic love needs to be biblical and christocentric mm -hmm. and so some things just for for us to look at uh we need to check the level of your relational inspiration so these are things that really help you and again this is not just romantic love but even platonic and friend uh the that friend zone love and all of that we need to check and see like the level of your inspiration because, you know, uh, one of the things that helps us to, helps my wife and I to push past the current issues that we're in uh, are, you know, for example, be making sure that we are, um, that we are not just getting together to talk about bills. Yeah. Like if you're only getting together to talk about problems or if, if, if the friendship you're in, you're, you're always the trash can. Oh, y'all don't want to keep it real with me. If the only time that people call you is to dump, right? Listen, fam, your name is not waste man, right? <laughs> your name is not dumpster, you know? And a lot of us, we are in that position. And it's like, listen, you got to check the inspiration. If you leave, if you are, if you're not connecting with friends for dreaming, it ought to be a Mary Elizabeth. I, yo, my bread's in them, fam. Mm -hmm. Like, when I talk to them, I leave with the baby inside of me leaping. Yes. And with them, it's leaping. Like, we, we're able to look past the problems that we're facing currently because we're dreaming. Mm -hmm. It's like one of the biggest ways to infuse your relationship and your friendship with hope is to get together for the purpose of inspiration and not just and making sure that you're in, in a solid place as it pertains to that. And if you're in a relational rut, you need to chuck check the god meter in the relationship come on are you praying with that person are you even even if that person's not even a christian are you praying for them what is the level of god in there and again when you're getting together with them are do you feel depleted do you feel drained or do you feel oh man i'm inspired i want to dream again and i think a lot of times when we are in relationships we we almost feel bad that we always have to 
deal with those type of people. Like, you know, I feel bad because they're having a hard time. And wow. I, 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 they, they have nobody else. We always think we're the savior all the time. Like I feel, we always feel like we are the savior Deal with it. versus again, I'm talking about, we don't put boundaries and say, you know what? Sometimes you have to say, I'm not going to have this conversation with you right now because I don't, if you don't, you have to know your own capacity yep. to have those relationships. And so I have to, even if you're in a marriage ride, tell people, where is the, where's the God meter in your relationship? When's the last time you guys prayed together? When's the last time you seek God for a vision? Because when we do marriage counseling, we really believe every household should have a vision, a mission statement for their, for their relationships. And a lot of times people are in die vision because there's been no vision. You bet. Go ahead. Give me that one more time. A lot of time there's die vision because there's no vision. And we thought, Listen, love is not is nice. It's a nice feeling, but it's also work. It has to be on the same. It's yes, it's an active, it's a verb. We have to keep moving in the direction. Oh, that's good, so, babe. Come on. Because when we love each other, and our hardest moments in our marriage, we had to go back to the why. Oh, why did God call us? Why are we here? And a lot of times, when you forget the why then you, a lot of times it leads to other places. Oh, that's so good. You know, making sure that that's there and in position. So with that said, like a lot of you, if you're really checking and looking at that, those relationships in your life, if you are looking at, um, you know, and, 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 and really weighing them as it pertains to, um, to where God is and how it lines up to God in his word, uh, it's important for us to realize that some of our relationships need to be rejected. Come on. Some of them need to be reformed. And some of them need to be resurrected. Hmm. Let me say it again. Some of our relationships, and that again is, you know, familial, it's, uh, it's uh, platonic, and it's also in that. So many of them, they need to be rejected. There's some that need to be thrown out. Yes. Right? Like there's some that you've been in relationship with somebody for a long time, and it's time for you to just get rid of them. Like, I mean, you've been waiting for them to pop questions, and it's time for you to make moves. Mm -hmm. If I'm just going to keep it honest. And, you know, there are many people who just don't value you in this regard. And so there's some relations that need to be rejected. Some friendships that need to be rejected. There are some that need to be reformed. Mm -hmm. And what we mean by that is, okay, so you may be called to actually be with somebody. You may be called to be connected to someone, right? And, and you know, the fact of the matter is you're in marriage. The first resort is not for you to quit. Thank you so much. The first resort is not for you to quit. It's not for you to throw in the towel. You know, some of these things need to be reformed. It means you need to do the work, like what we're you talking need to about. Be reevaluated. Yeah. Come on. Repurposed. Come on. I need another, I need another R word. <laughs> retooled. Need, come on, retooled. <laughs> restructured. There we go. Renovated. Come on. Renovated. And I think it's not that you're supposed to reject it. You need to renovate the relationship, put them in the right department or compartment in your so life. Good. A lot of times we have people in the friend zone that need to be a little bit closer. Come on. Or they need to be on the outside. You don't need to tell all your business to. You got to just figure out where that zone is for that relationship. So you need to be reformed. And then lastly. Yeah, it's resurrected. There's some of you, man. And, and we just even now, uh, babe, if you could just believe with me too. Like there are some relationships that need to be resurrected. Mm -hmm. There's some relationships that have been dead. Y'all been sleeping. Oh, I just see it. I see you sleeping in separate bedrooms mm. in the same house. Even you that are keeping up appearances, come mm. on, on the outside and you come to church and you go to work and you even make posts so that, oh, can I just 
Say it. Keep it. Walk it. You down, make walk posts. It down. You yes. make posts so people wouldn't know what's going on. Come on. And God is saying it's time to come out of that. Mm -hmm. You know, not to end a relationship. I believe the Lord can release re resurrection to a relationship right now. There's even a wayward spouse who you are in a position right now where your child, where your spouse has cheated on you. And you are like, yo, it's over. And you're, you're like, you, you are validated in your decision to leave. And God is saying it's actually an opportunity for you to show not only his forgiving power, but his resurrecting. See, I don't like this type of stuff. But his resurrecting power in that relationship. I feel like there's someone who has even thrown out the towel. And God is saying he wants to resurrect that relationship. And so sometimes it's like you got to go to counseling before you go. You got to go to therapy before you before you go to the divorce lawyer. Mm -hmm. You already you already put a toe tag on that relationship before you even went to the hospital. Mm. I'm not. And what I hear also what I hear is in that resurrection, there needs to be repentance. Oh, come on. Minister that, babe. I really believe that before they can get resurrected, they have to say sorry and repent for what things are. Because I really believe there is power in repentance. Oh, that's so good, I babe. think a lot of times um, people don't recognize what the power of what sorry can say. Yeah, we, we, yeah. I'm not, no, that's good. I'm not going to go deeper than that, but I really believe that some people need um, repentance in their relationships. That's so good. I think that it's imperative for us to remember that and to have that focus and to understand. So some relations, let's say again, need to be rejected. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some relationships that need to be reformed, and there's some that need to be resurrected. I want to add a disclaimer, add to disclaimer to this. Mm -hmm. With each um, re rejected reform or resur resurrected, you need to use discernment. Oh, come on. Before you say, you know, I already know it's in the resurrected place. And maybe like, no, 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 don't need to be resurrected. You just make sure you use discern godly discernment yeah. before you put people in those boxes. Yeah. So with that being said, number two, just to get to give you this again, uh, something to think through is that God should be the director in the establishment of relationships. So God should be the director. Mm -hmm. It's important. You know, like there's some of you, you're jumping into marriages because of familial pressure. You're getting married because they're like, just like they do with babies. And, you know, uh, we've been, we, we come against all that stuff too. But people walking up to people, when are you going to get married? You know, and don't you see your clock is ticking? And don't you see all this stuff? Familial pressure. And all you moms and dads that are watching, I know you want grandkids and all that stuff. But the destruction of your child is not worth you having a grandchild hmm. in the time frame that you want it. And so we put this familial pressure on people and we challenge them in this area. And it's like, this is one of the reasons as opposed to God being the director. I'm not going to tell my children who to marry. I'm not even going to tell them who they need to have as friends. But you better trust and believe. I'm going to encourage them to make sure that they are seeking God, that God is the director. And mom was, already, mom was already praying, so. Come on. I'm in my prayer closet. From the time my kids were one, I've already been praying for their spouses. Wow. Believing that God is going to do something and that we, will, as a family, will be a part of it. We meet a lot of couples that their parents meet for the first time yeah. at the wedding rehearsal. At our so house, true. that will not be happening <laughs> because we're going to be a part of the process. It's in the sense of we're going to be praying with our children, with their spouses, with that. And so with that as well, sometimes people feel the pressure of feeling lonely. Very true. And I think a lot of times people say, oh, I'm not lonely, and they don't, are not honest with themselves because they can get lonely. I think we need to talk about that. I think it's so easy. Like, oh, I'm good by myself. I'm living my best life by wow. myself, getting my nails by myself, eating my food by myself. Like, I'm enjoying myself. We get it. We get it. It. Yep. it's okay but sometimes loneliness will creep in listen 
And what will you do when you are lonely? And trust me, there are people in marriage that are lonely because their spouses are not showing up See that. in the marriage. There are some people in parental relationships feel like I'm doing all the thing in the marriage with these kids and you're not showing up. They are lonely even raising these children. And that's where the enemy wants to use a crack to speak in those areas. And so don't feel pressure to either go left to divorce or left to boo up with someone because... Or desperate housewives of the GTA. Listen, wow, come on. Listen. And I think, I think we, have to rec- we have to recognize why we're getting into relationships because a lot of times scenarios where we didn't put them on the radar, we don't recognize it's going gonna, it's gonna to strike us later on. Absolutely, man. And so that's the other end. There's the pressure to, to go get married right now. But then there's also the pressure to be, you know, nah, I don't need nobody. And it's like that, that is ungodly as well because many times we block opportunities that God sends our way. Because of that pressure or that feeling that that needs to be the case, you know. And then some of us, we jump in relationships because you're jealous. Can we just say, be keep it honest? Because you're looking and you're comparing. You're like, well, man, I've been, you know what I mean? I'm older than them. I should be. Or, oh, what? Uh, you know, I got a better job. I should be the one that, you know, y'all don't want to talk real with me today. Mm-hmm. You know, and so oftentimes jealousy or comparison or we're trying to prove a point. You get with someone because you're like, you want to just prove a point, you know, in that regard. It's like, I still got it. <laughs> no, sometimes. You no, better. No, listen. <laughs> listen. I remember in the earlier <laughs> days having friends when I was first married saying, oh, this person looked at me. I still got it. And making feeling validated, even though they're married, feel like they still got it because the outside is still looking at them. It's that thirst trap ministry, mm-hmm. you know? Y'all don't want to talk about the, the thirst trap ministry. And so you put on that dress and you're just happy you can still fit into them jeans. <laughs> and you walk down a certain place. You put up a certain post. Come on, somebody. You know, you, you just, well, listen, you unblocked that person that was blocked. Come on. Okay. See, I, I see we're just coming down the road today. Come on. You, they were, they was blocked for the longest time when you were mad at them. And then you want to make sure, wait, hold on a second. Do I still have it? So look, I'm going to unblock them temporarily. See if they're going to slip in the DM so I can find something. See if they're going to like the picture and then I'll block him again. Oh, see, I still got it. You know, he was, he found a way to get on my page. You unblocked him (laughs) or her. Listen, and it goes back to, we got to check our motives. Absolutely. Gotta check our motives. Why we're doing all? Why are we posting all that kind of stuff? Why are we even thirsty? Help us, Jesus. Why are we? And let's go back to that question. Why are we thirsty? And I, I think if we go back to that question, we're not getting filled with Jesus. Oh. If we really go back to that question, and you could ask oh. that question to yourself, why am I thirsty in anything? Why am I thirsty for that promotion? Why am I thirsty that I'm, I, want to, I want more money? Why am I thirsty that I want um, more friends? Why am I thirsty looking at other things? Why am I thirsty? Because I'm not getting filled. I'm not in that quiet place. I'm not abiding. That's my word for my own self, abiding this year. I want to abide with Christ. Thank you, Christ. We're not abiding. We're not getting a download of what God wants for us in our lives. You know what's so insane about this that you're saying about being thirsty? Being, being um, filled, right, mm-hmm. and being, having my thirst quenched by Christ doesn't mean that I'm blocking myself off to other people. Mm. It just means that. See, this is the thing. You are in a powerful position to be satisfied and entering into a relationship. Mm. When you're satisfied in Christ and you enter into a relationship, 
you're not going into it in a needy place. And this is why we say two holes make one hole. Listen. Oh my. Listen. No, I have an example. It's like going to the grocery store hungry. You pick up the junk, the bat, you're starving, whatever your belly, your belly wants, you eat. But if you go to the grocery store filled, already eaten, you have a different perspective of what you're picking up. You're going to feel, oh, I might bring up the spinach today. Wow. But too many of us are getting into relationships because we're not filled, we're thirsty, and we're taking whatever because someone showed us, um, showed us like, their eyes for us or even friendships. Sometimes we're getting in bad friendships because we are needy because our wow. spouses or ourselves are not c content what God's doing in our lives. Woo! God's not moving fast enough for us. And so we want to connect to something. Godliness with contentment is great gain. I'm telling you, all these things that we quote and you hear as children, my mother will always say, Godliness with contentment is great gain, son. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like all of those things, they sound cute. Yeah. But it's the truth. When you are walking in a godly fashion and you have contentment consequently in Christ, you know what I mean? You're not walking around thirsty. Because the thing is this, when you are not in a place of contentment, that's the thing. You can be married and still thirsty. And that's the difference. And I'll even say this. That's why there are many of you that are in relationships, friendships right now, and you can't even be yourself. You have to, you have, you cannot be, God created you Imago Dei. Come on. Which means in the image of God. Mm -hmm. And with that being with with that being said, you know, he has put you in the earth. I'm not talking about your rudeness. I'm not talking about your arrogance as a different thing. But in terms of you being who you are. Mm. Some of y'all, you cannot even be you without. Can I even talk about this? I'm going to just say this as a side note. Since this race and relationships, I'll never forget. You know, for a big season, because in certain circles that I was in, if I can just say in certain uh, European circles that I was in, yes. right? And I felt like I was not, I had to be validated or I, or, or, um, you know what I mean? I needed those relationships in order to be a better person or to have more opportunities and all this sorts of stuff. And for many years, I tried to put on a certain, t the way I talked. I was like, I got to change my verbiage. Mm. I've got to refine my speaking. You know, mm. when they listen to my voicemail, I need to make sure that they know that I'm not a black man because they're going to, they're going to cut. Can I, can, is it okay for me to just keep it real? Change you the know? name on the resume. You know, and it's like, it's insane. It's, I, I would feel good when someone of that persuasion would say to me, oh, you're an eloquent, you're an eloquent individual. It's like, why didn't you say that to the other person that looked like you? So you're, you're surprised that I am, that I'm eloquent or that I'm able to communicate without saying, yo, 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 guy, yo, guy, yo, go every 10 seconds because you thought, and I'm not being rude. I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. And for me though, I felt like there was a way that I had to talk. There was a way I had to present myself in order to fit in. And so if you, my thing is this, again, as I say all the time, if I can't be, if you can't be yourself, if you can't be who God has called you to be and who God has designed you to be, if all of me's not come, can't come, I'm not coming. I love that statement. Say it again. I love that statement. If all of me can't come, I ain't coming. And any, in period, any relationship. Period. Period. Period with a T at the end. Come on. 
Listen, I mean, that's the thing, man. And so with that being said, you jump through hoops to modify yourself. You allow people to witchcraft you, to exercise manipulation on you, to always be surveilling and challenging you to do certain things. And they just have you under camera all the time. It's like, if that's the type of relationship, that is no type of existence. Even some of you that are considering marriage, there are some relationships as it pertains to engagement that you need to come out of. You need to say, nah, that's not for me. And be okay with the embarrassment. Be okay with the embarrassment. Like even Mary. Mary is like in the position where the angel comes and says, you're about to have a baby and the baby is going to come outside of wedlock. You didn't have sexual intercourse or none of that. And you are pregnant with the savior of the world, you know. But the powerful thing is God commanded for that relationship. And she embraced that, even the embarrassment that would come with it, because it was a God-ordained relationship. Even mm -hmm. Joseph. Joseph in that moment, think about what he had to go through. Mm -hmm. He has to embrace. We always think about Mary, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but what about even, even in Joseph in that case? What were people in the society going to say about him? Mm -hmm. But he was willing to embrace that relationship because God called him to be in it. So it doesn't mean you're not going to have embarrassing times. It doesn't mean there's not going to be difficulty. But did God tell you to be in it, right? Because that should be a determining and a dictating factor. And I want to just say this line is, it's okay. It might be delayed. It doesn't mean you're being denied in your relationship. Amen. And that happened to us. We, you know, we were supposed to get married July 29th, mm -hmm. and we delayed our wedding because God was putting a pause for that um, moment. And I remember my mentor saying, "The reason why you can't say no because you have a, you already have the dress hanging up in, in the closet." Wow, talk about that when you already got stuff in a row. Come on, and you. Yeah, I had the did did the whole girlfriend's thing. We went to the store, cheering, got the dress, hung it up, and a couple months later, the God was saying, "Take a pause." And I think sometimes we, and I, the first thing I'm thinking, oh no, we've told everybody that we're getting. Oh no, oh no, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> but dude, you're, you're on anyway, a, a roll today. No, but I, when, I, when God told me that I'm only doing a divine detour, the destination is not going to change the end result, be okay wow. with the pause. Be okay with the pause. And for those of you thinking, oh no, God is saying for me to take a st step back in my relationships in French and sometimes from friendships or just need a pause. Not that you'll wow. ever not be friends again, wow. but in that season, God has to do a, a inner work within yourselves or inner work in the person. I remember the Lord speaking to me when I was getting with my husband, the Lord was like, you're ready, but the person I have for you is not ready for you just yet. Wow. And the issue is not yourself. The issue is I want you to wait so you're ready and he's ready for you. And so I just wanted to put that little yeah, nugget up in there. Yeah, I definitely was not ready, even though I thought I was ready, fam. Yes. And I applaud you as a, as a strong black woman, you know, that, yeah, you, you were willing to come in this relationship, but you stood your ground. Oh, yes. Even when I tried to be like, nah, you know, we got we to gotta get married and Listen, we're good and all this stuff. This man wanted to marry me from the time. <laughs> I, I was smitten. I mean, I see. And I was like, I, I, and it was, it was a great feeling, obviously, but I had some goals. Absolutely. I had some commitments to myself that I said, we will have to wait until my, I have certain commitments I wanted to get done Wow. To, in order to, before we got married. That's good. And even as it pertains to relationships, man, you got to stop connecting with people just because they're there. Right. 
There's some people that's like, oh, they've been my friend since childhood, or we've been, I, oh, I remember what they did for me when I was a kid, and you know, all this stuff and whatever. That should not be the reason why you're in relationships. Some of y'all are, your relationships are looking like you wearing shorts in the middle of this uh, negative four weather that we're having at this moment. You see what I'm saying? You're wearing shorts outside because there are certain relationships that were there for a season, and even if that person is there, it don't mean that they need to be in your life anymore. And double check the connection because I've been, oh, wow. I, I've been there before that I've worked with someone for 40 hours a week and we were really close. We talked every day. How was the weekend? And so like, I've been weddings to be like, I'm when they leave the job. We're like, we're not even friends. Wow. That was the only reason we were connected is because of the job. And so sometimes I double check the connection. Is it on because of, of gossip? Wow. Is it only reason because at that time you had kids, young kids? You just got to double check the connection, why you're connected with that person, especially in this quarantining season. Yeah. You better... Go ahead, babe. No, I, I think we have to double check the friendships and the relationships in this quarantining season because there's not a lot of people that we're allowed to see in lockdown. And so... You know, if you're in a family, you stay with your family, whoever's keeping the rules. Um, I know a lot of you are not, but it's okay. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's, no I'm perfect not, people I'm not around. the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's doing your own life. But th those that are in relationships have to be very careful in this time yeah. how much time you're spending together while you're quarantining. Yeah, it's very true. You know, because some of you just like, who who is available to actually want to break the rules with me? You know, <laughs> and that person. So So don't just be with people because they are there. That's yes. not, there's a lot of stuff that's around that you are not in, you're not connected with. You see what I'm saying? So you got to be wise. And this is the thing, even as it pertains to popularity, like sometimes, and I, and I want to, and I know you might agree with this or, or, or be able to identify, we look at other people's relationships and we're jealous of the people. And we think if I'm connected to that, to that person that they're connected to, then I would have that same dynamic. And it's although, although you can be inspired by the dynamic, the relational dynamic that someone else has. You shouldn't be covetous of that person per se because that if you're connected to them, you might not have that same relational dynamic. Instead, you should be inspired by that and be like, God, can I be or can you give me a relationship or a friendship or something like such and such? So stop yes. being covetous of other people or people that are in different relationships. Instead, be inspired and ask God, I want my own BFFs that I can be connected mm. with. You see what I'm saying? You know what line I actually don't like anymore? I do not like relationship goals. Sorry, even though I'm not knocking any other person that does that relationship goals, is other people, should, that shouldn't be your goal. Have your own goal, what wow. you want relationships to look like. A lot of times, like, oh, relationship goals. You want my relationship? Do you want my pain? Do you want my tears? Do you want like being broke sometimes? Do you want you know, to share out your family? Like, Do you really want what I have to get what I have? Wow. Do you Whoa. really want it? Do you want the crushing for this anointing? Do you want it? Are you willing to endure it? Do you really want to have what I have? I don't know. And if when you come in person or come in contact, would you really, could you endure it and could you really go through it? Wow, that's so empowered. That's so powerful. So it's that idea of coveting or um, longing after or even idolizing. And that's why I'm, I that's, the thing. that's what I'm trying to say. It's, yeah. The goal thing is not a problem. It's like be inspired, but don't feel that is your goal. It has to be your goal. Exactly, because there are a lot of couples that many people idolize. So it's there's a difference between inspiration and idolizing somebody. That's good. And idolatry. There's a difference between okay, break, inspiration and idolatry. All right, illiteration. <laughs> break, break it down. Come on. So the idea is that. You know what I mean? You can be inspired by a couple, but you don't idolize them because then what happens is you do everything. Everybody's process is, the diff is different. Yes. 
You know, one package, two packages can come out of your freezer and one needs to go in the microwave or in the oven longer than, uh, than a similar, than another package. They both came out of the freezer, but they have different processing times. Yes. And sometimes when you idolize the macaroni, you know what I mean? When you are a, a, a pack of peas, right? You, it takes your process, the prep process, all of that is different. And what you find yourself doing is not only eliminating who you are, so you can't be authentic and all of that, but, you know, the thing that might cook someone else might burn you. Mm. I'm about to lose my mind hey. ba having a Baptist fit up here. Because <laughs> it's true. How many people are destroyed? Wow. Because the thing that you were longing after with somebody else, you idolized, you ended up abandoning your process. Mm. And the thing ends up destroying you. Oh, my. And I wanna, Go ahead. And people do that with people's, um, even their parents' marriages. Very good. And I think I even do that sometimes. Like, I do that with my mom. Like, my mom is such a good mom. Mm -hmm. And my both of my moms, like my mother-in-law and my mom. And sometimes I'll never be that type of mom. Because wow. I'm trying to idolize or I'm not really, I'm obviously they inspire me, but sometimes oh. you, you kind of feel like I won't be a good enough mom because they did it. Like, I don't know how my mom did three kids. How did you run it? A household? How did you work? You know, you know, my mom does the cute lunches. I don't like do cute lunches with my kids. Sometimes I compare. Sometimes my kids don't wow. like, they complain about my lunches because I'm not so, the best at lunches sometimes. So idolatry because what I was saying is like idolatry can bring you into like jealousy into abandoning your authenticity, but it also can make you feel shame. Yeah. And it also can be, make you feel belittled yes. is what you're saying. Oh, yes. that's a, oh my. So the fruit, babe, you're preaching. The fruit of idolatry is not just um, jealousy and not just me, a lack of authenticity, but it also can push me to a place of feeling, you know, uh, it can be condescending. It can push me to a place where I'm being pushed down. And what also to, happens, I pull oh, myself man. back. Yeah, I shrink. I shrink instead of feeling like I can push out and do more. A lot of times, when you start putting yourself under people, you don't. You actually squelch the gift that God's given you and your purpose, because you're you're now living under their demands or their expectations or what you think they never. And a lot of times, they've never put it on you. You put it on yourself. Wow. And I think sometimes we have to um, really evaluate how we look at people in other relationships. Yeah, so it's important for us to realize as we're talking about these relationships um, across the board that you cannot be a slave. Like, this is a big deal, especially because today is Valentine's Day. You know, we have to be careful not to be a slave to consumerism and to propaganda, right? Where, like, the only time you show love is on these days that are designed for people to just make a buttload of money. You know what I mean? True. It's like the only time you're showing love shouldn't be on this day. And at the end of the day or any other day, right? Like if you choose to celebrate these days, great. Romans 14, uh, the Apostle Paul gives us and you can read that chapter. It's very powerful, um, you know, on whether you want to celebrate days or not or observe days and all these various things and not to be judgmental of others who choose to or choose not to. Right. And he makes it clear even around food and, and what you drink and eat and all of this sorts of stuff. It's a powerful powerful passage mm -hmm. but even with this if you choose to do something right you need to make sure that you are not a slave to consumerism or to uh or to propaganda and let's take it a step further and you know as we bring this plane down a slave to stereotypes mm. right because a lot of times even as it pertains to the relationships you're in the friendships you're in you know god may be leading you to be a part of us or to be connected to somebody and the reason why you're not connected to them is because of stereotypes because of things that your parents may have told you going back to guess who's coming to dinner and this is a very challenging thing you know and so even in terms of dealing with like things like interracial couples 
This is a taboo thing. Oh, it just got quiet, didn't it? All right. <laughs> this is a taboo thing, most definitely, as it pertains to interracial couples. And, and I think that we need to be intentional about understanding, understanding the importance of being God-led, even as it pertains to that. Interracial couples, interracial friendships. Right. And all of these things. God may be calling you. Watch this uh, surprise party to marry somebody that don't look like you. But the challenge is somebody said, <laughs> but the challenge is that oftentimes watch this. But oftentimes because of the way you were raised. Can I just keep it real? Or because of the way you're not in friendships with people because of this, because your parents said these type of people Look this way. Act this way. You can't trust them with this. Mm. Oh, y'all don't want to be real. These people, type of people, smell this way. I mean, I've had crazy stuff transpire because there, 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 are, there are stuff that people find out even about black people. I've seen some of the and heard of the most heinous things. I remember my dad was sharing a story with me, one of his friends in school, that he had somebody bust into the restroom while he was in the shower in his dorm room and look into the shower curtain, obviously like sexually assaulting, looking at this person, uh, her, opening the curtain on them naked to see if they had a tail and to see if the if their skin washed off and if, the, and if, if their skin turned to dirt in the bathtub. Hmm. Because they were raised to, to tell that black people have tails. And that their skin washes off in the bathtub. The dirt washes off in that way. And so I'm telling you, that was heinous. That's horrible. But these are the types of things that people grow up thinking. And as a result, God may be calling you to be in friendships. God may be even calling you to be in certain relationships. But you are saying no because of the stereotypes. Some of you, I'll just even keep it real. Some of you, the reason why um, you are, there, because on the flip, there are some of you who are in interracial relationships because you hate people like yourself am i allowed to say that yeah you can say okay it. so 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 you're running to other races not because god's telling you to go and marry somebody but i am i'm telling you the things that i encounter as a pastor mm -hmm. <laughs> and some of the biggest reasons why oh, oh you know i don't like these type of people because you know uh these type of people are such and such, such and you're talking about yourself and so self-hatred of yourself and your people, and now you consequently are running to go. So that's not the reason why you should be getting into an interracial relationship. Uh, the fact is, even some, the reason why you are in the position you are is, again, because of familial pressure or the picture that you have desired. But it's imperative for us to understand, even when we're talking about um, love, right, and we're talking about romantic relationships you know that we need to be led by god and the goal for relationship should not be what you have been conjuring up since you were a child <gasps> uh chocolate six foot whatever it should be that <laughs> come on <laughs> it should be that what is god calling me to what is the relationship that god wants for me and it might be different from what you thought from a childhood and i want to come against this so good babe i want to come against people talking down about other people getting into other interracial relationships. Wow. For example, oh, they're taking our men or they're taking our women. Woo. When do we have a block on our own race? You get into relationships not because of a racial thing. You should be getting into relationships because God's calling you to. Wow. Not just because of the race. And I think a lot of people say, you know what? Oh, man, like another, bro another brother gone. Mm -hmm. wow. we, we, we lost another brother. Like when do we have the block on race in relationships? Wow. 
Oh man, I know this stuff is taboo, but we're not scared of none of y'all. <laughs> and and if you don't like this, that that's okay. But we are gonna tell the truth. And, and, and it's not enough to celebrate. And we'll, exactly. We'll, you'll go. And, to- and and this is important because when we're talking about like there is an importance around because you know we are all you know black love even as it pertains to us right celebrate black love Mm -hmm. but the reason why we celebrate black love is not because we only want black people to be married to black people (laughs) it's because we want to fight the stereotypes that are attached and this is why we talk about stereotypes we want to fight the stereotypes that are attached to black relationships yes that black men don't love their spouse or they're all unfaithful or they're not there for their children the reason why we are the way we are and the reason why we put this stuff on display is because it's often squelched and it's often hidden but this does not mean that black love does not mean that you can only as black people or even in other cultures marry just people that look like yourself your goal and i know you might not like this but it's the truth your goal should be to be in the relationship that god has called you to be your friendship should be to be in the friendships that god has called you to be in it's imperative for us to have this in mind i one last thing as parents we have to be careful the narrative we're speaking in our own homes for our children very good babe because I think it starts there, what we said, oh, yes, honey, you're going to get yourself a vanilla person or you're going to get yourself a, a chocolate person or whatever it is. We want to make sure that we're leading people or children and say, we want what God wants for you and we support what God wants for you, whatever that looks like. We The goal at all at all times is God-centered relationships in friendships, in marriages, in any relationship. It should always be the goal that God is the final say. Yeah, man. And so, you know, we always challenge people. We always say, you know, the first place that you ought to look as we're talking about in living color and we're talking about race and relationships, you got to first examine yourself. The mirror is the first place, mm-hmm. right? Checking yourself out and seeing and saying, you know what, am I in a position where I am... Uh, you know, being a poor friend, a poor spouse, a poor son, brother, you know, sister, whatever the case may be, looking at yourself, examining who you are, because that's where it starts first. Am I exhibiting racist tendencies? Am I some pl- someone who is seeding into my children a perspective that is not godly, but is um, many times it is cultural, but it's not lining up with scripture. Mm. It's cultural, but it's not kingdom. Mm. You know, and consequently, we perpetuate cycles and things that God has not called for us to do. And then we go to the dinner table and we look and we say, you know what? The dinner table is one of the greatest pulpits. Mm-hmm. And we've shared this around the nation and in other opportunities that we've had to share. The dinner table is one of the biggest pulpits. You have the opportunity to shift and challenge the perspective of those who of your loved ones, of your children from the dinner table. And then you're using your platform. Using your platform, especially during this season, we're talking about celebrating our church through the week every day. We are highlighting uh, during this Black History Month, black people uh, that need to be celebrated beyond February. We're doing so in the stories. We're doing so on the page. People in our house and all of this uh, because we want to make sure we're using our platform to be able to be a voice for those who are often squelched and those who are confined and chained uh, to one month usually Mm -hmm. and so you check yourself and you have to look and you got to check your dinner table or your home and and also check you know uh make sure that you're using your platform in the right way and so this is important for us to understand because again our heart and our hope our desire should be to be ones that have godly love we have some incredible you know even talking about interracial couples we have amazing interracial couples in our house and people who the love of god is there and we celebrate 
We have amazing couples that are, you know, together, that are of the same race, and that God is called together, and friendships. Some of my greatest friends are people who are white. Some of my greatest friends are people who are black. Some of my greatest friends are people who are Asian and South Asian and people of different things. And the end goal should be that, again, we are all heading, and, uh, you know, spoiler alert, our memory verse for this month, last month we memorized Psalm, uh, Psalm 1. Mm-hmm. Our memory verse for this month, because this is really what it's all around. It's the beauty of God's creation that we're all created in the image and likeness of God. Uh, we're looking at uh, Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. And this should be the goal because the end goal, as we said, is going to be this. Verse 9, as I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, Mm -hmm. with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And so it's imperative. It is important. This is the end picture. This is what heaven is going to look like. And so that should be our goal in terms of the connections that we have. Let's not allow stereotypes and consumerism and all of these things and racism to hinder us from the connections that we need to have. Because ultimately it goes and it falls on the gospel. And the beauty, the beauty that accompanies the gospel that Bible says that God so loved the world. He loved the world. He didn't just love a specific group of people that he gave his only son, but he loved the cosmos so much that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. And so this end picture, the reason why we have the end picture in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 and 10 is because of what Jesus did back, and as we learn in John 3, 16, that he died for the world so that everybody could come to him and everyone could have him as their Lord and as their director. So that we who are under his lordship could be led into relationships and connections that he has designed and that he has desired. And so this is our heart and this is our desire. And there may be somebody who's watching today and you do not know Jesus as your lord he is not your director Mm. he is not your boss you are going through your life being led by people and their thoughts or their stereotypes or the things that were put on you and it's time for you to be led by the lord it's time for you to be in relationship with god there might be someone you're like man i feel counted out i feel like i'm not worth anything you were created in the image and likeness of god Mm. and although the world is a mess you can have strength and have a relationship with god on today you can begin a relationship with him if you don't know him or your rest your relationship with him can be restored even if you have walked away from him mm-hmm. and so i'm getting ready in this moment to lead you in a prayer of commitment a prayer of commitment is simply drawing a line in the sand saying that today is the day i give my life to the lord today is the day that i Come home because I've been running away too long. And if that person is you, doesn't matter who you are. Remember, God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. If you believe in him, if you give him your life today, if you put your faith and your trust in him, you today can have eternal life. You can be made new glory to God. 
And not only can you be made new with your sins forgiven and everything you've done forgiven, but also you can have him as the boss of your life, leading you as he would desire to connect with those that need connection with and to empower you to do everything that he has called you to do. And so today, if you are desirous of giving him your life, he died for you and he rose from death with all power. If you're like, today, that's me. Today, that's me. Today, I want to give my life to Christ for the first time or I want to come back to him. I want to come back home. On the count of three, where you are, I want you to pop that hand up where you are. If you're like, that's me. If you're even brave enough, if you feel the courage, you can even put your hand up in the chat so that our online hosts and those who are there can see who you are, wherever you are. On the count of three, one, two, three. Come on, pop that hand up right where you are. If that person is you, you're like, I'm coming home today. I'm giving a, I'm beginning a relationship with Jesus. Glory to God. I, I see you in the spirit. Those who have your hands up today, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Listen, and so if that person is you, we're getting ready to uh, lead this prayer. I want you to pray it out loud. Those who are here in our broadcast campus, I want you to pray that out loud. And not only this, but those uh, who are watching, I want you to pray it out loud because we are praying in support. Number one is an affirmation of our faith, but also in support of those who are making this decision today for Christ. And so if you will pray this prayer with me, we say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and rising from death with all power. Forgive me of my sins and make me new. Be with me now and forevermore. I thank you and I give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Listen, uh, we celebrate with you. Come on, somebody in the chat, go ahead, put some clapping hands. Uh, let's celebrate those who have made the decision to trust Christ on today. Glory to God. The Bible says that heaven rejoices over one soul that comes to repentance. So we celebrate with you. We honor you for your decision and we cannot wait to connect with you.